0: I talked to this guy named Terry Warona, and he moved to San Francisco a few years ago. Since then, he's thought a lot about earthquakes, mainly worrying about earthquakes. And, you know, I don't blame him. But he told me about this elaborate survival kit he always has at the ready at his place.
1: You know, it has like a week's worth of water and food, and I have a tent and flares and cards and a radio. Uh, I have like a fifth of vodka, a pack of cigarettes. I don't smoke, but I might take it up if, you know, (laughs) I'm stranded somewhere. It has like pretty much everything you could ever want, short of like uh, a weapon. (laughs) Although it does have mace. (laughs) So, Terry, what is your question? I want to know if animals can predict earthquakes.
0: Okay, so I see where this is going here. You are worried about earthquakes and you wanna know if you can get a heads up on an earthquake, is that, is that
1: it? Uh, yeah, my girlfriend has a dog. It's like a little mini thing, like a chihuahua or something. He sleeps between us, and in the middle of the night he'll just get up and start uh, moving around, like nothing wild or anything, but I'm like, does he know something I don't know? And up until now, it's just been kind of urban legend, but if animals have an edge, even if that edge is like five, 10 seconds, then uh, I want in on it. This makes me sound so crazy. Disclaimer, this doesn't rule my life.
0: I'm Andrew Norton, and this is the Completely Optional Knowledge Podcast. Brought to you by Greenpeace.
1: Ask. Inquire. Seek the truth.
0: The show where we take questions that make you go, huh? And we try and make you be like, oh... On Terry's behalf, I talked to Dr. Rachel Grant, who works at Hartbury College in Gloucestershire, England. I asked her straight up, can animals predict earthquakes?
2: Um, they don't predict earthquakes, as in they think to themselves, well, I've seen this thing happen. An earthquake is going to be coming you know, in two weeks' time or in, in a few days' time.
0: Okay, I, I get it. Predict is the wrong term. But she made this really interesting observation, not about chihuahuas, but... About toads. And she noticed all this stuff by accident. She was studying these toads in 2009 in Italy. And she knew these toads would always mate around a full moon. But this one full moon, she was counting toads like she always did.
2: And suddenly there were not the numbers that I was expecting. And I was thinking that's a bit strange. And then the following day, there was none. Hmm. So I was thinking, well, this is messing up my study, to be honest, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because this is not supposed to be happening. I'm trying
0: to have a toad party and no one's showing up.
2: <laughs> so then the earthquake happened, and we were 70 kilometers, so 50 miles from the epicenter. Wow. And it was quite a big thing in Italy, because it was a big earthquake, and the whole town was devastated. So I wasn't really thinking about the toad. Sure. And I just sort of went, went back to do my survey, just as a routine, because you've got to do it every day. And then they started coming back. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And I remember emailing to my uh, doctoral supervisor and telling him this has happened. And he said, well, that's quite interesting because people think that animals can sense something before earthquakes. Why don't you do some research and some background and have a look at it? So I started doing the research and then I just got really, really interested in it. And then that's how it all started.
0: Was there a certain experiment or observation that made you go like, aha, like this is, this is it? I know scientists don't just sit around looking at microscopes saying, aha, <laughs> but, but was there something that really clarified this in your mind or, or made you really realize that this was a thing?
2: I think uh, some aha moment, really, I think was uh, a couple of times when I've done these studies. I did one big study in Peru where we looked at camera traps, which are motion-triggered cameras. And seeing it on motion trigger cameras and to see, you know, that the numbers just disappear, the animals just disappear, to see that on the other side of the world, that one is really exciting to me because I know what happened with the toes because I was there. You know, I'm expecting people to take yeah. me on trust for that. But with this motion trigger camera study that we did in Peru, anybody can go to this website, look at their data and see that there were no animals before the earthquake. Anyone can do that. So... I think for that, you know, people can make their own mind up when they see that data.
0: How long are we talking prior to to an event?
2: I'm seeing it typically um, five to eight days. Say you're looking at animals moving away from an area, you'll start seeing reduced numbers sort of five days before the earthquake happens, and then you start seeing... Nothing at all, no animals at all the day before, and then as soon as the earthquake hits, you start seeing animals return into the area. So
0: when I'm kind of hypothesizing my own answer to this, it's like, okay, you know, they're closer to the ground, they can feel the slighter vibrations, you know, a few minutes prior, but you're saying that there's things days before, And, and what kinds of things are they actually sensing, and how do they sense it?
2: two or three real things that they they could be sensing and we don't know for sure uh, but we sort of pieced together some evidence but we don't know for absolutely sure. So when the rocks are about to break just before an earthquake, the strain is building up and the rocks are under a lot of pressure. I won't go into too many technical details. (laughs) Thank you. This causes causes, um, positive electrons to be released and the positive electrons rip off the negative electron from the air and they cause uh, positive ionization in the air on a massive scale, an absolutely massive scale. And these positive ions are really animals don't like them at all.
0: So, So they're kind of more sensitive to the stuff that happens prior to an earthquake. Does that sound right?
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. There's, there's certain things that are happening that we think are happening, are coming out of the ground, and animals being in more intimate contact with the substrate and the ground and the, and the rivers and, and, and soil, and they simply don't like it. They'll run, they'll move, they'll distance themselves from any stimulus which they don't like. And you see that with very, very simple animals, and you see that with very uh, higher vertebrates as well. I
0: mean, to me, when I first, you know, hear about this, it has this kind of element that makes it sound slightly like an urban legend or Mm -hmm. sort of this folk tale where it's like grandpa's knee gets big before the red Sox lose or something like that right where it's like where it's like yeah like you can kind of go back and have confirmation bias and be like oh see look i told you this happened so i feel like it has this this sort of thing about it where it's a little bit surprising to me that this is this is for real
2: absolutely and every time i publish something i get emails from people saying my legs go bad when there's an earthquake and (laughs) right This man in Texas whose legs used to hurt before earthquakes, but it wasn't just earthquakes in Texas or even in the USA, it was earthquakes in, like, China. Wow.
0: Those are some sensitive (laughs) legs. Yeah. In 2016, it's it's interesting to think that something so lo-fi is is finally being discovered and and could help people.
2: Absolutely. But I think... I think the key with this is to do this in conjunction with other measurements. So there are lots of things that happen before earthquakes, which some of my collaborators are measuring, some of my geophysicists are measuring, and none of them are 100% reliable in themselves. But the key would be to have a network of sensors, to have, you know, electromagnetic radiation, to have the radio waves, to have the animal behaviour, and to have lots of things um, together so that you can minimise false alarms and you can maximise, you know, the proper forecast.
1: this is great news for me because I'm certainly not convinced that like my girlfriend's dog Iggy is like a predictor of earthquakes from the study it sounded like it was like uh, you know seven to ten days prior to the earthquake so the urban legend that I had always believed was that like they were predictive you know a minute prior you know 30 seconds prior like domestic animals correct yeah yeah, yeah yeah like your goldfish or something or a dog or a cat or something like that so the dog is, is off the hook yeah he's chilling yeah yeah I'm gonna continue to not really pay attention to him <laughs> <laughs>
0: The Completely Optional Knowledge podcast is produced by me, Andrew Norton, and is presented by Greenpeace. Our theme music was created by Breakmaster Cylinder. Visit completelyoptionalknowledge.org to listen to more episodes, to subscribe, and to, of course, ask your questions. Because we can't make this show unless we know what you're curious about. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks with more Completely Optional Knowledge.